When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Sean, joined by co-host Johnston for the Big Fight Preview for this week. It's Josh Taylor and Tiafimo Lopez, WBO Super Lightweight title on the line. It's been a while since we've seen both of these fighters in the ring, and it feels like a redemption fight for the pair of them. And it's strange that we should say that about Josh because he's undefeated, but he should be a defeated fighter. And we'll talk about that throughout the course of the episode. But it's this weekend's big fight. There are some fights going on on Friday that we do want to mention. Of course, there is a Sonny Edwards card on Saturday on zone as well. And there's also the return of a certain Adrian Broner. And Money Mayweather is also fighting in yet another exhibition. But it is all about Lopez and Taylor this weekend, Johnston. Big fight. Very excited for it. What are we going to expect out of this? Oh, mate, it's a, it's a really good fight. From the moment it was made, it definitely whet my appetite, to be honest. And it's two guys that are very, very talented fighters. It's this, you know, it's not beating around the bush. Two very, very talented fighters that have had poor performances. Uh, Taylor with just the one poor performance. And Lopez with one in particular against Cambroses. And then the other against Martin, Sander Martin, who, which wasn't, great although he got the victory people suggest might want to fight I can understand why so you got as you as you rightly said two guys that are pretty much on the back end of poor performances and and we've seen what they've been able to deliver in previous fights but you're only as good as you last so the irony of it is you've got two talented fighters but the expectation of the fight has probably gone down a little bit because of the fact that their last performances are I am expecting to see some fireworks I'm expecting to see an entertaining 
and exciting fight. And that's what I'm expecting to see. Whether we'll get that delivered is another question. Josh Taylor fighting at super lightweight is something that we didn't think we'd see again after the Catterall fight. I thought he'd move up. I really did think he'd move up to welterweight and he'd be chasing the big fights up at welterweight. And yet here he is. He's defending that one title now. Obviously, he had all the titles and they were fragmented, of course, as a result of, of him not being able to compete in the ring. So as a result of that, now he just holds the WBO title, which is what he's defending against Tiafimo Lopez. Now, it opens up the super lightweight division once again. But this fight is where... It's redemption for Taylor because although it's not the fight we essentially wanted to see, as in the Catterall rematch, he is going to Madison Square Garden. He is going over to Tiafimo's backyard, essentially, to fight him. Now, Tiafimo, on the other side of the, the fight, has, of course, had a bit of a mixture over the past couple of years. He went to great heights by dethroning Lomachenko and then just didn't look very good against Cambosis. You mentioned the Martin fight. A lot of personal issues going on outside of the ring. Definitely. 100%. Don't know what the extent of those are, but there's certainly some issues that have affected him inside of the ring. And I think this is where we will get to see whether he has got that spark back that he had before he fought Lomachenko. Because that Lopez, you would have given a really, really good chance of beating Josh Taylor in this fight. But the Lopez... As of the last three fights, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I think Taylor will come back in this fight. And I think he will show us what we've missed from him. What we haven't seen from him for over 12 months. Which is a brilliant boxer who was able to systematically break down his opponents. Whereas in his last fight, he wasn't able to do that against Jack Cattrall. He was beaten to the punch all the time. He was out four. He was out hustled. And he should have lost that fight, but yet he got the decision. He got away with one massively. So for him, he's got to come back now and he's got to get that redemption. He's, if, if he's going to get rid of that ghost of Jack Catterall, he's got to absolutely blow out Tiafimo Lopez. He's got to stop him. He's got to take him out he's, in, in fashion. And he's going to say, look, this is the Josh Taylor that you're missing. Last time wasn't my best performance. This is the real Josh Taylor. This is the only way he's going to expel that sort of lingering ghost of Jack Catterall because unfortunately for Jack and it is really unfortunate that he, he's probably not going to get that chance now again to fight for an undisputed super lightweight title he's he's got to plod along and try and fight just to get a shot at our world title again which is a shame because he should be the undisputed champion right now but it should be he should be shouldn't he but Josh has got to be emphatic in this fight, Johnston. If he if he's going to expel the issues of that Catterall fight, he's got to he's got to take Lopez out. He's got to do it in a fashion. And then if he does it, are people still going to criticise the fact that it's a Lopez that wasn't the same Lopez? I mean, I think there's still going to be criticism no matter what happens if Taylor wins this fight. But if I'm if I'm looking at from a Josh Taylor perspective, if I'm a Josh Taylor fan and I'm thinking, what's he got to do here to, you know? make people forget a little bit about what happened last year and he's got to blow him out for Lopez he's got to do the same he's got to put on such an emphatic performance where I couldn't see him stopping Taylor but I could certainly see Lopez at his brilliant best potentially outboxing the boxer so you've got two guys here with two different elements to to this fight that I've got a lot to gain from getting a victory huge amount and you're right I mean that the, the fact is the cat are all fight was, I mean, we ain't seen Ian John Lewis since, 
the guy hasn't even, I've not seen him in the ring in any shows since that fight because everyone's like, you know, how this guy's even pulled out the score he did. It's ridiculous. And effectively cost Carroll big time because Carroll should be the champion. And, and we would have seen Josh Taylor out a lot sooner if he had have lost those titles. I believe that. I think he would have been out a lot sooner and fighting to, to try and re reclaim him after losing him, which he, which he should have done. Instead, he's ended up taking a year out and getting his, he said, his body into a, a better position. Uh, his excuse was that after becoming sort of the undisputed, after the Ramirez in Vegas as well, you know, after programming or everything he had done, he said he, uh, he, he went a little bit over the top after the Ramirez fight and um, he didn't train as hard as what he should have and he underestimated Jack Catterall. And that was the reason for such a below par performance. And he said, everyone's allowed one. Everyone can make, have a mistake, which is, out, you know, we're, we're all human. And if that is the case, then then, then that's good to hear. I'll, I'm hoping it is that rather than the fact that he couldn't make the weight and he's struggling at the weight. Because that was what we sort of took from it, Sean, wasn't it? We just felt that he was clearly struggling and he should now move up to well weight. Hence why we felt that we wouldn't see him back in his super lightweight division again. But, he is, um, and hopefully by the looks of him, he doesn't look too gaunt in uh, some of the footage I've seen of him, but you don't really know that until they hit the scales. And he looks confident, supremely confident. So, yeah, as you say, he, he has to be... We have to see the Josh Taylor that, that took on Ramirez at that fault so well against Regis Progray. We need to see that guy. If we see that fella, then Lopez is in a, in a bit of bother because Lopez, he, he was... He, the thing is, is the Lemonchenko fight, we, we gave him huge praise for. He wasn't able to follow that up because what he really should be doing is following up with a good performance. He didn't against Cambosis Jr. Got done. He still believes he won that fight. He didn't. Cambosis Jr. won the fight. He has the camper fight in his new division. Mate, mate stepping up. And then the Sander Martin, who is a very dangerous fight. Well, Sean, how many times have we mentioned Sander Martin to say not many guys want to step in the ring with him? And he's done that. And I still... I can't help but favour Martin, really, in that fight. He just nicked a split decision. He got put down and managed to take take it on the cards. Very fine margins, and he did look great. So the Cambosis Jr. and the Martin fight, two fights he didn't look well in. Um, so you do worry. Is he, I don't know, it, is it a mental thing? Uh, and and if, it, if it is a mental thing, we all know that 78% of this game is about your mentality. If you're not mentality, you're mentally strong, you're not going to be able to impose yourself on any fight. Your, your Whatever you do physically makes no difference if you're not mentally stable, men, mentally able to have a strong enough mind in the ring. Um, so, Castillo is the big, the, the, the one guy that always mentions mentality of a fighter. So, I think they're the question marks for Lopez for me. Um, can we see the performance he put in against Lomachenko? Well, I suppose we'll find out. We will find out. How does this fight then play out if both of them are on form, if both of them are in the best physical shape they can be in and the best mental shape they can be in, then it makes it such a close competitive fight because both of them both of them at the top of their games are, are excellent fighters, absolutely excellent fighters. Josh Taylor didn't become an undisputed champion for nothing. He became champion because he beat everybody that was in front of him. Tiafimo Lopez beat the guy in Lomachenko. And then whatever happened outside of the ring, his focus, his dedication, whatever waned and he lost it. So it, it, it's interesting to sort of see what type of mentality gets brought into the ring from both of them. 
Because I do think, as I said earlier, they've both got a point that they really need to prove in this fight. And I think Josh Taylor taking a win over Tiafimo Lopez is big for him in the States because then it opens the door for bigger fights in the States. I mean, obviously, we've seen Spence Jr. and Terence Crawford be announced for the 29th of July. I mean, there was talk of Josh Taylor fighting Crawford at one point, which would have been excellent, excellent fight. And I still think there's a potential for... Josh Taylor to move up and fight one of those guys after their fight. So we, we, we'll sort of see how this fight plays out, of course, first. But how does the actual fight play out itself? I mean, with Josh Taylor, I look at him and I think he just has to continue to do what he's previously done. And he needs to he needs to be emphatic. He needs to take centre ring. He needs to use his boxing ability. And he needs to not let Tiafimo Lopez get into range to get his shots off and use the combinations that Tio uses to be able to get on the inside and score the points over Josh. If you're Josh Taylor, you're basically keeping this fight at range. You're keeping it from the jab. Everything works from his jab. And then if Tiafimo is coming at Josh Taylor from the other side of it, he's got to try and negate what Josh is doing by making sure he uses different movements to get on the inside to get the combinations off to, to smother Josh's work, to make sure that Josh can't work, to get his shots off in the inside. If Tio's going to win this fight, it's going to be by inside fighting for me. He's going to have to get on the inside and he's going to have to rough up Josh and he's going to have to get him out of his rhythm and his game plan. For Josh, he's got to keep it at range. He's got to keep everything from the jab and he's got to make sure that he doesn't allow Tio to s smother Josh's work. It, it's, it's one of them. It's a game plan where either one of them game plans will come off on Saturday night. It is just a case of who can execute theirs the best. What do you think about it? Well, I think the one thing I noticed with the pair of them is they both sort of have their their hand low. They both have their right hand low. Their lead hand uh, tends to be lower than the rest. And a bit like sort of when, when you think of uh, uh, the old Adam Booth style, how that hand sort of, it, it just stays quite low. And, and, and then from there, they're, they're able to... Lopez, he sort of leaps in, doesn't he? He the one thing I noticed with him is when he does leap in, he so he sort of he drops that hand and he, he waits for the counter, he waits for the counter punch, and he's a, you know he's one, he's a master at the counter sh shot as well, uh, Lopez. So, but he does get jabbed quite easily, and what he'll do is he'll wait and he uses his sort of left arm to block it, and then he will sort of throw a right hand, and he's very quick at landing it as well. When it does land, you've seen guys drop to the canvas, but he does get. That's Sander Martin. He was getting jabbed a lot. So as you say, Taylor needs to pop off that jab as much as he possibly can. But then when he does leap forward, because he does it in every fight, he goes really square with his feet. And I think that's where Taylor can catch him. Because, he, you know, you think of that left hook in, in a fight against Ramirez when he put him down. If 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 Lopez can go leaping in and he's, his back leg then goes square with him, if he can counter that left hand well enough, Taylor, I think he can put him down. I think he could even stop him. So, and Lopez that has this, he, he does this a lot where he will, he, the hand's so low, he, he gets out jabbed and, but it's just his counter punch sort of equalizes it. But he does, as I say, if he steps in square to leap in with that right hand, then Taylor can catch him on the left. And the other thing, even on the inside, what I love about Taylor is way sort of, because he's obviously the southpaw fighter, his foot goes round the, uh, the, the, the main foot in sort of the, the other, the opponent's foot. So he steps it round and he goes in really with it, whip it in the left to the body or to the head and he will really put the pressure on his fighter and then when he does get it inside when you think about the Regis pro grade fight the way he was able to manoeuvre and find that space and sort of just nudge his way through and even on the break throwing shots against Ramirez 
So I think he's savvy enough on the inside, Taylor, where he could probably outwork Lopez the other way. And I think Lopez, for me, needs to land the counter. I think that's the one thing. Because when, and the other thing, when Taylor does go inside, you see it against Catterall, where he comes away with his hands down. And he literally drops his hands. If he does that, as often as he did against Catterall and even other fights I've seen him do it, Lopez has got a great counter shot. He could nail him with one there. So I think there's the two openings I think the pair of them will be looking at. They've both got flaws. I just feel that Lopez probably has more flaws because he goes square. And I don't think his inside game is as good as Taylor's. So I'm edging Taylor, Sean. I am. In terms of what I've seen from other fights, I think Lopez gets jabbed too much. And I think he comes too square and he's, he's ready for the left hook, which is Taylor's signature shot. Yep, it is. And I think if he executes that, I think he wins this fight. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I honestly think, I think Taylor wins this fight that, that's my prediction straight out you, you've kind of nailed it on the head with the way you've described it so i'm not going to repeat the same thing again what i am going to say is i feel taylor has got more in his arsenal more skill set in his arsenal than what lopez has i think he has more big fight experience i know i know lopez has fought lamachenko i know he's fought cambosis but if you think of the run of fights that taylor had up until the catcher fight last year it was exceptional exceptional and i think that is going to put him in good stead he is used to the big fight scenario he is he has got the big fight experience he knows how to dig deep when he needs to dig deep regis progray fight he dug deep in that fight he really did dig deep in that fight because it was a really close fight and he needed to because that's what got him the victory against ramirez as well you know he didn't have to dig as deep i don't think because he, he controlled the fight and he made it comfortable but i think we've seen it all from taylor and we know he can do it Whereas I think Lopez, we've seen him have this this one moment of glory and then he's failed to follow up on it. And that's the difference between the two. Taylor followed up on his. Lopez didn't. So yeah. automatically you start to think, well, Taylor's the one with the big fight experience. Taylor's the one naturally more skillful than Lopez. And given what I've seen from both fighters and like you mentioned the flaws, I think Taylor wins. I think it goes to points. 
But I think Taylor wins this fight. I think it'll be competitive. I'd expect to see a similar fight to the Pro Grey fight. That that's in terms of it how it plays out, I'd expect to see something similar to that. And I think that that's what we'll get. And it'll be good and it'll be exciting. If if you want Taylor to win this fight, if you're a Taylor fan and you want to see him, as I said at the start of the show, you want to see him be emphatic and get that victory. If he stopped Tiafimo Lopez, then it really would propel Josh Taylor's credibility back up there. The problem Josh is always going to have now is that Catterall fight. And I'm not too sure what he's going to have to do to make people forget about it. This will definitely go some way to doing it, but he's got to do some other significant stuff. If he doesn't rematch Catterall, then he's got to do some majorly significant stuff in his career now that's going to make people forget about that one fight. Because as far as we're concerned, as fight fans, we're not going to. I'm not going to forget about that fight. I think he was he was absolutely given a gift that night, and you know, fighters do get it. Every, every fighter gets at least one in the career, and I think that was his. And if that was his, and he goes on to become, I don't know, an undisputed welterweight champion, then maybe, maybe I can, I can not say all is forgiven, but I can certainly say, okay, now I'm pacified. Now I can accept that. You know, that maybe was really a bad night at the office and he's still an absolutely world-class fighter and he deserves everything he gets. We'll see. But I'm picking Taylor for this fight, Johnson. I think he wins it against Lopez and I, I think he moves forward and, and I think he eventually does move up. I, I do think he goes to welterweight, whether it be after this fight or whether it be another fight in the super lightweight division. He is going there. It's, it's inevitable that he's going to go up there after this. And I'm not completely discounting Tio. For the T.O. fans that might be listening, thinking, you're not even giving T.O. a chance. I am. You're giving T.O. a chance, Johnson. You mentioned his counterpunching, how good he is at it. It's one of his strengths. If you can get in there and, and get to Josh Taylor as he drops them hands, maybe we'll see something completely different. Maybe T.O. will be the one with the redemption on Saturday night. But for the both of us, we feel Josh Taylor's got this fight. Yeah, I do. And then, as you say, Lopez, is he's a terrific counterpuncher. He really is. I, I do question his mentality going into the fight and, and he does get jabbed at will sometimes for me. I think it's jabbed too much. Um, and um, yeah, as I say, he does he does this lunging thing. I mean, it, it, to his credit, it works a lot of the time. I just don't think it's going to work against against Taylor. And and the one thing is, I mean, I, I think as time goes on, we'll all realise. I mean, I think already it has mildest opinion. But the Taylor fight and the Taylor victory against Regis Program, which was a very close fight. I think that was his best win. I think it was so much. It wasn't his best. It was a great performance from the pair of them. It was a great execution of how you fight on the inside and the outside. He had everything that fight. Great fight of the year for 2019. But the Ramirez fight was um, a demonstration of just boxing ability that Taylor has. Um, but the Prograde fight was was special. And I still I think that Regis Prograde would beat Lopez as well. That's just my... I think Regis Prograde is... The other guy in this division, all inevitably they're going to move up to to welterweight. I think the pair of them will. And 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 the actual fact is, is that Taylor. I think, as you say, if he wins this, I think his his next decision is to go up and move up to the welterweight division. He's even said it himself. He wants to be a two weight world champion. He even wants to be a two weight undisputed weight champion, which would be, I think, the only fighter to have done it in the men's game. Um, but yeah, look, he, he's got aspirations. So maybe that is a little bump in the road against Catrell. He got away with it, and now it's time to put his foot down again. Because, look, he's been flawless, Sean, hasn't he? Pretty much all his career, one bad performance does not 
mean that Taylor's going to come out and do the same thing. If anything, it's giving him a kick up the backside. I think you're going to see a better, better performance from Taylor, which I think he's a better fighter. All-round game, he's a better fighter than Lopez. So that's why I edge. But Lopez could quite easily catch him. We've seen it. He could catch him. He could hurt him. And he could change this game in his favour quite easily. He's a younger guy as well. By seven years, he can come back and be a huge name because he's a talent. I just think these are the sort of fights that are going to help him, though. He will become a better fighter after this. After this, I'm not completely writing him off, though, guys. But I am siding 60-40 Taylor. Well, there you go, guys. That is our predictions for the Taylor-Lopez fight this coming weekend. It isn't the only fight, of course, this weekend. There are lots of fights, and we are just going to go through a few of them. Maybe a couple of notes on a couple of them. We're not going to go into an in-depth analysis like we've done with this particular fight. But what we are going to do is just highlight them all because there is quite a lot of fights on. And before recording the episode, I actually didn't realise how many cards there were, how many fighters were involved of note. And it made me think, oh, actually, there's some interesting fighters fighting this weekend. There's some interesting fights happening this weekend. So if you are looking to get your fix in this weekend, it could all really start on Friday night. Because in the UK, we've got a very under-the-radar appearance by Charlie Edwards, who's in the ring in Manchester, in the Bowlers Exhibition Centre. He's fighting on a Kieran Farrell-promoted card this weekend. He hasn't got an opponent announced, so it will be a journeyman, of course. It'll be a comeback fight for, for Charlie Edwards. He is fighting on that card, which I thought was very under-the-radar from Charlie, given the fact he's been calling his brother Sonny out who, of course, is fighting on the Saturday. But on Friday at the York Hall, Bethnal Green, we've got a Frank Warren-promoted show with Mark Chamberlain fighting against Marvin Dumalari. We've got David Adelaide, 11-0, fighting Emir Amatovic, WBO European heavyweight title, of course, up there. Uh, Henry Turner and Tom Farrell will be an interesting fight for the onlookers. And then you've got people like Carl Fayle, Ezra Taylor, Royston Barney-Smith, Joshua Frankham, Tommy Fletcher and Ben Fayle also making up that card. In Prospect versus Journeyman, of course it is Prospect versus Journeyman. That's what we love about the Frank Warren shows. We get to see a couple of good fights and it's pretty much made up of Prospect versus Journeyman. In Liverpool, we've got Ryan Farag versus Marcel Braithwaite for the Commonwealth super flyweight title the vacant commonwealth super flyweight title that'll be a very interesting fight for those that are going to be tuning into that one connor butler and matt windell also feature on that particular card and then we've got to head over to america because on friday night early hours of sunday morning you've got a card promoted by our good old friend of the podcast mr slippery don king and it's the return of adrian broner on this particular card and quite astonishingly, the return of Guillermo Rigondo. Remember, this is the same Guillermo Rigondo that we, we lauded over a few years ago. And of course, this is the same one that was practically blind almost a year ago. And he's yet back in the ring. I think that's quite astonishing. Oh, it's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, it's just typical of Don King as well, isn't it? How uh, <laughs> how he, he produces cars like this. Um, I mean, look, he, he, what he does is he's got himself a couple of Old school big name, stuck him on a car. But yeah, Rigondeau, I'm sh I'm shocked to see him out there. Obviously, Don King said to him, you know, giving him quite a nice pay pay packet for this fight to um make sure that he uh he, he just bolsters up the card really, get some get some eyes on it over in Florida, Miami, Florida. And Adrian Broner, well, well I mean, look, I mean, Bill Hutchinson, I don't, twenty two and four. I mean, I don't even know about the fella. Um, be, being quite honest with you, Age, this is this should be. 
uh, a straightforward night for Adrian. And it is just the way of him getting getting back into the boxing ring, I suppose, and and making himself a name. He's never going to be... He just had too much crap. Um, he had so much. The annoying thing about Adrian Broner for me was the potential that he had back in the day. He was so cocky and outrageous, but yet he did have unnatural ability. Um, and it's just sad to see, really. I mean, look, he's... It just doesn't seem worth it for him to even be coming back into the ring. And is it even worth us even spending the time talking about him, Sean? Because he's done some really ridiculous things in his life. But at 33 years of age, you would have expected him to still be around at the top level of the game. Um, just shows you what a stupid stupid mistakes and decisions you make outside of the ring. How that can alter your career inside of the ring. And it's no surprise that Don King signed him up, is it? <laughs> no, it's not because he loves an attraction and Adrian Broner is an attraction and you're going to come to see either a car crash or you're going to see Adrian Broner come back and start chatting a load of poo about who he's going to face and who he's going to be, which is not going to happen. But we'll see. There, there's a fight of interest for you if you really do want to yeah. tune into that. Uh, on USA Showtime also on Friday, you've got Ali Ismailov versus Charles Foster, IBF, USBA, like heavyweight championship up for grabs there. 10-0 versus 22-0 if you're interested in following the American boxing scene. Back over to the UK, though, on Saturday. And we've got to mention the other Edwards brother, Sonny Edwards, who's headlining the DAZN card at Wembley Arena, defending the IBF World Flyweight title against Andre Campos, 15-0. He's defending that title once more. And he's one of the best boxers we've got in the UK at the moment. I mean, when when is he going to get this big Julio Cesar Martinez fight? I mean, that's what I'm waiting for. But Andre Campos is, is a, a quantity, an unknown quantity. He's got 15 wins four KOs on his record which indicates he's maybe not that big of a puncher although he did get a stoppage in his last fight however for me looking at his record he hasn't really fought anybody and I think that is going to potentially be proven when Sonny faces him because if you're going to get found out against anybody it's going to be Sonny Edwards his boxing ability is second to none and I think we need to see this big fight and hopefully now he's he's on terms with Eddie Hopefully, Eddie can get him this big fight. That, that's what we want. We want to see Sonny Edwards really tested at the highest level now. But he is headlining that card. And then you have Ellie Scottney fighting for the IBFW, IBFW, IBF World Super Bantamweight Championship against the current champion, Shaneka Johnson, who currently holds that title at the moment. So this was the fight that was supposed to be on the Katie Taylor card and got taken off. And this was the one with the hoo-ha with Chantal Cameron's team and apparently why Ellie was taken off this particular card. Well, it's this card that she's now fighting on this coming weekend. A good fight on this card, though, that I am intrigued about and I am interested in seeing is Siobhan Clark. And he's stepping up against David Jameson, 10-2. and two. And I think this would be a really, really good fight because I think Siobhan Clark has been a guy we've been waiting to see how far he's going to go. And I don't think he's had that step up. His last fight was over 10 rounds. He got the decision in February this year. But this is a step up for him now. I think David Jamison is a, he's a big puncher in the cruiserweight division. He had a really good fight with Mikhail Lawal last year. He's come back and got a victory earlier on this year. And I think this is, this is the type of fight that's going to... If Siobhan Clark's going to do anything in this sport... Uh, whether it's domestic level, European level, I think he needs to beat David Jamieson and do it in a good fashion and prove to people that actually, you know, I, I am 
what everybody thinks I'm going to be, which is uh, at least a domestic champion. So that's definitely one to tune into this weekend. Uh, Nina Hughes, Katie Healy, WBO bantamweight title on the line. This was supposed to be Shannon Courtney that was in the opposite corner to Nina Hughes, but she cited injury, so she's pulled out. And now Katie Healy gets the opportunity in her seventh professional fight. So you never know. There could be a change of the guard in this particular fight. Johnny Fisher also makes up that card. Yusef Kamari against Reese Bellotti. Interesting fight. And then also you've got a few other UK-based cards going on this weekend. I won't mention them too much because there is one other fighter fighting this weekend that I haven't yet mentioned, and I'm going to mention it. It's Floyd Mayweather. He's back in the ring as well, again, in another exhibition this weekend against John Gotti III. That is the same John Gotti who was the head of the Gambino crime family. It's a strange, strange sort of set of exhibitions that he's having, Floyd Mayweather, because his last one was against that guy who was in Geordie Shaw, who then transitioned into mixed martial arts and then transitioned into boxing. And I remember looking at the photos on Twitter of the arena practically being empty and hardly anyone being there for a Floyd Mayweather fight. And yet he's fighting John Gotti the third. And I just think, is there anybody that this guy won't fight at the moment? <laughs> he fight anyone, Floyd, if the money's right. It is quite interesting, though, John Gotti the third. Was he the grandson of the, the, the... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. John Gotti, that we all know, the Gambino family, uh, crime family leader, um, the main man, the mob boss. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it just, I suppose that it's, it might sell a few more tickets. I mean, the guy isn't really a box. I think he's an MMA type of guy. So um, I'm expecting, you know, Mayweather to just take his money and go home. It doesn't, it makes no difference. I mean, Mayweather's just anything that's got any pan note near it and he'll sniff it out and he'll take it if he can, which doesn't beg sort of the, but make me wonder if he is a bit skint because why is he still doing this it doesn't make any sense to me. I suppose if it's free money for him isn't it? an easy night's work I don't know but it just seems a bit dull for me it should be maybe over in California um, being a pundit over there talking about the Hammy Munguia fight who's fighting uh, Devianchenko this this weekend as well you know that that type of thing or even in someone else's corner like you know with Tank Davis I know he was in and around it's sort of he was coaching him, training him, managing him, and we're not quite sure what's going on. He's sort of there and then not there, but that's what we want to see, him passing on his knowledge rather than continuing with this craziness. So it's like a vet's boxing, isn't it? He sort of earns his money, and uh, and that's it, really. I don't know, it's weird. For me, just, it just annoys me, really, with, with Floyd, because um, I just feel like he's got more to give, and he just seems like the selfish type to me. I think that's why I don't like him too much. 
<laughs> yeah, there's other reasons why we're uh, not his biggest yeah. fan, of course. But yeah, uh, yeah you meant. Well, <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Not to mention that as well. Uh, what about Jaime Munguia and Derivanchenko yeah. then? A, a fight happening this weekend in Ontario, Canada. I think that's. I think he's under the radar a little bit. This one, really. I think this is a good fight for Munguia because you know he's he's going into his forty second fight now, and he, he people are asking about the tests and the moving around the divisions and 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 how good is he and can he be the big superstar that everyone thinks he is? Well, you know he was quite active. Three fights last year. He fought our very own Jimmy Kelly in June last year. He come back in November, got a KO in three rounds against Gonzalo Gaston Correa, and now he's fighting Derivanchenko, which I think this is actually a really good fight for him because if you if 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 you think about sort of Derry Vincenco's resume and history, you know, he's got some great names he's been in the ring with. I mean, people are gonna sit sit, sit there and say, well look, in his last five fights, Derry Vincenco's lost three times. He's lost all by decision and he lost them to Gennady Golovkin, Jamal Charlo and Carlos Ademis. Now you can Forgive the Charlo and Golovkin losses a little bit because, you know, they are who they are. And when they were, the Ademis fight, ah, uh, I'm not so sure. I mean, I think that's probably one he probably could have won there. I think he got a little unlucky with this particular fight. He lost by a majority decision. But he got a win in his last fight in July last year. He's back. Can he provide the test that Jaime Munguia needs? Or is this just another scalp on the Munguia record? It's just another. I mean, look. To be fair, I was going to say another scout, but it the the Maguire, Hammy Maguire, he, he frustrates me because, I mean, you would look at Davianchenko and you probably say he's probably his toughest test. I'm not even joking. Even at the age of 37, Liam Smith, yeah, I suppose that probably is. But who else really on his record is there that you look at and it jumps out at you? How can a guy be 41 and 0, 33 KOs? And knocking on that 50-0 and 0 record, which is obviously targeting all his crew are. And you're sort of scratching your head trying to figure out, what, Gary O'Sullivan? No. Dennis Hogan? No. Look, these are not guys that should be in the same level as him. I suppose Liam Smith has looked better now with time, believe it or not. But other than that, this guy should be fighting better. For me, I mean, he, he may turn around and say he's been avoided, but it's like he's really pushing pushing the boat out to get to like 49-0 and, and then he'll actually fight somebody. And as we know, with old Pigford, eventually, when you step up to that next level, you get done. So I'm not saying it's going to be necessarily going to happen to him because he is still quite young. But And he does show great... I mean, when you watch him, he, he looks good. But you just got to look at the, the pedigree. He's fine. It's nowhere near enough good enough. Not for me. For a guy that's 41 and 0. No. Um, I, I've always got my... I, I can't help but have a pop at him because I just think that he, he just doesn't fight enough names there's enough names out and he does jump between divisions and it's almost like he does that because he avoids the bigger names at the time just my opinion i don't know what other people really have an opinion on munguia but that's what i see really sean a guy that seems to jump from one division to the next because he doesn't necessarily want to fight the best fighters out there i don't know i mean we might see it i hope we need to see it the guy's still young he's still got time and i would argue that devianchenko is probably the the potentially the biggest name on his record which is crazy yeah, I think given the resume of Derek Vincenco, he's definitely the toughest fighter toughest, that he's probably yeah. got. The toughest. I'm not discussing because he he pushed he pushed Golovkin all the way. He could yeah, he did. And, ja- and, and Jacobs, yeah, and Jacobs as well. The pair of them. So you know, there's an argument there that he could have got a win against one of them too. 
Exactly. It's a good fight. I, I'm intri- I'm intrigued to see whether Munguia can do anything, as in be emphatic against him. I mean, Derivanchenko, the one thing you will see is that he takes people the distance. So you're going to expect it to go the distance. I think if Munguia is going to make a statement, he stops Derivanchenko in the fight. If he doesn't do that, then he just falls in line with the rest of them that have fought Derivanchenko and he just gets another scalp on his record. But then you never know. You know, you might get found out here against David Vincenco. Wonders may never cease with boxing, but I do think Munguia, I think Munguia wins it. But if he wants to make a statement, you, you're going to have to try and go for that KO, are you? And try and knock him out and try and show everybody what the other guys couldn't do to him. So let's see. Let's see what happens. Another fight to tune into this weekend. And it is really, really good that we've got some, some excellent matched fights this weekend. But the focus is around taylor versus lopez and how this fight will play out we've given our predictions we both feel taylor's going to win this fight but it isn't out of the realms of possibility for tiafimo lopez to come back with all them counters and be able to get over the top of the guard and absolutely shock us and beat taylor and then give taylor even more crap on social media because that's exactly what will happen if he loses this fight but it is exciting it is a good fight i am looking forward to it but what i am also looking forward to is the release of our new format of the Career Profiles podcast, which starts on the 26th of June with our first episode. You'll have seen Muhammad Ali, part one and part two. Well, don't think that was actually the series. That was just a bonus for you guys to listen to. If you've not listened to the Muhammad Ali Career Profile parts one and two, then go and listen to it. But we do start our actual series, our our new format, our rebooted version of Career Profiles, just starting the 26th of June for 10 weeks. So please make sure you've subscribed to that podcast and make sure you're tuning in to all of the episodes that we've put out on there. If you've not tuned into any of the episodes yet, well, there's about 40 episodes on there now. So please go and tune into them because we've got some absolutely fantastic career profiles on there. Please make sure you do because you will really, really enjoy it. I put it out there on social media last week and there was a few people that, that, that found the Muhammad Ali episode and he said that's the best episode you guys have done. And I thought, wow, that's you know, that's quite a a bit of credit, which which we're happy about. Of course we're happy about. Uh, but we we we've done other episodes where we feel they were better, but that one's come across really well, and I'm really glad because we said we wanted to do a definitive episode. We wanted to reboot that episode because we felt we could do it better the way we do things now. And a lot of people have really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you for all the feedback on that. We do really appreciate it. If you've not tuned in to any of those episodes, so as I said, career underscore profiles on Twitter is a Twitter account, or you can follow us at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and BTR Boxing Podcast across all the other platforms, which include Instagram, YouTube, it includes TikTok, it includes Facebook. Please make sure you're liking, you're sharing, you're subscribing, you're retweeting. You're doing absolutely all the necessaries to support the podcast network. And finally, a shout out always has to go to the patrons who subscribe to us additionally than just on the podcast feed. And in return for their subscription, they get access to patron-only content. We've got a patron-only series, Boxing Through the Decades. We're currently up to the 1960s with it. We're going to be moving on to the 1970s soon. And we've got the rest of the decades to cover on that. We've got one-off episodes commissioned by patrons. We've got early access to all our series-based content, ad-free episodes all on there. So every episode we release across the network is ad-free on there so please if you do want to get rid of the ads and you don't have to keep skipping through them or whatever you know suits you with this 
membership service, please just go and check it out for a moment. Patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast Network. That is it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the big fight preview between Josh Taylor and Tiafimo Lopez, and we will see you next time. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.